Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Sarah Green, founder of Pyramid Coaching and Consultancy, and they help retail, supply chains, and logistic companies to save time and money by turning around tricky tech projects through expert management and analysis. Beautiful. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Matt. That was a very good introduction. Very good uh, getting all that out as well in one breath. (laughs) There we are, straight into it. So now it's your job, so you can expand on this and and dig into it a little bit more. So tell us, where are you with your business today and who do you love to work with? Yeah, so I have got a um, tech outsource project management company. So we don't actually do the tech itself. We just manage the projects that are technology-based. Um, So I tend to um, work mostly with clients that are in um, retail, logistics and supply chain, because that's kind of my background. I know an awful lot about um, the data that flows in and out of, um, for example, supermarkets, their suppliers, their supply chain. Um, And I've done a lot of things with um, building systems and data, um, integrating systems and things like that. So. So yeah, so that led me to start Pyramid Coaching and Consultancy um, a couple of years ago, straight out of lockdown. Um, so I kind of wanted to do things a little bit my own way. I'm really, really keen on having the customer um, at the heart of everything that I do. And it's, mm. it's super important to me to, to take their values into the projects that you're delivering for them so that it's a seamless operation when they're outsourcing it to me, as opposed to contractor comes in, does the work, off they go, they don't care. Um, mm. So yeah, so it's been going for a couple of years now. Um, it's been an exciting ride. Um, yeah, very, very good to be here. Nice. Uh, what you just said there is I wanted to do it in my own way. So it sounds like there's a bit of a story from lockdown of, okay, what, what was it that you wanted to do or what was your what your options were or where your desire was? Because life changed for so many people during that time. But I want to do it in my own way. It's like, hmm, okay, well, what's, what's, what's in that? What, what is it that you saw didn't like or thought hold on this can be done a better way so I'm going to do it myself yeah so I've been in consultancy for years so I've, I've before I had my own um, consultancy firm I was in consultancy through someone else's firm for about a decade mm. um and I, I absolutely loved that and that's where I, I really learned my trade and that's where I got um, to work with some of the biggest retailers in the world um so very very well-known names um in the US and in the UK actually um so I really enjoyed working with those businesses. But one of the things that I saw was other contracting firms that came to do different projects and different jobs. Um, and they were just so disengaged from the client. They just didn't 
know what was important and they didn't understand why they cared so much about, you know, this project has to succeed because people's jobs depend on it or, um, you know, our brand depends on it. Yeah. And I would see other contractors go in and just not really be interested at all. They would just come in and say, well, this is the way we do it. Take it or leave it. And I thought, well, actually, I think if you have the customer at the heart of what you're doing and mm. really involve them in that process and in creating a, a project that's workable for everyone and that you get the, the outcomes that everyone desires, um, that surely is the best way to do it. Um, and so that's, you know, the way I've been doing it for the past two years. It seems to be working quite well, well for me. Obviously, <laughs> it's working, which is fantastic. So with that, what what is important? G- give me some examples about, you know, what was it that was kind of missing that others didn't do? What is it that's specific that other people listening be like, yeah, of course, that's important? Yeah, so um, one example that springs to mind is that um, I worked with a client. Um, so this is a supermarket in the UK. And they um, have brand guidelines like all companies do. And in their brand guidelines, they had their tone of voice guidelines. Again, all companies do. Um, so when we were given those, we actually embedded that into the coaching of our team. So our project team to say, when you're dealing with um, a supplier of our client, this is how they want you to speak in emails. This is how they want you to speak in um, meetings and in phone calls. Mm. Um, know this is how you engage with the client with the suppliers or anybody else that you're you're dealing with um whereas i said on the flip side we would see um other companies go into that exact same client and they had access to the same information that we had um and just bulldoze their their culture their way of working they just didn't care um and i used to have people um at that client company um sort of saying to me, oh, you don't work for them, do you? And I'd say, oh, no, 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 I work for this other company. And they'd be like, oh, thank God, I can't stand those guys. They come round and they're all, and, and they just got this reputation for mm. just being a bit of a pain, not very nice to work with, not being a team player. Um, and, and I like to do it, you know, the complete opposite way. Um, and so it's kind of things like that where it's important to the people within the organization that you're working for to to really reflect them properly um and i think yeah. it kind of then holds you both in a good light when you can be said to be doing that well it sounds like what's important to you is it's about relationship it's about communication it's about hey guys we're in this together it's not a drop in do some work and then exit it's yeah. no how how can we both work together sort of long term? How can we make it worthwhile so that the impact is felt for their customers and everything that happens within within the culture? So um, culture, there's the word. Now, you, now you're a business owner. Oh, my gosh, you've done all this consultancy. And now it's like I get to do it myself, which is you get to do the work that you want. You get to do it in the way that you want. And now you get to create the culture with your business in the way that you want. So what what was it like for you when you, when you take the steps to be in the the entrepreneur to be the business owner rather than just doing the job yeah so at first um because i started as a solopreneur it was just me so i never really thought about culture because the culture was contained within myself and it's only since i've started actually bringing a team in and starting to take on um, my own stuff that i've had to really think well what do we stand for what are we 
And the, the idea of the company name Pyramid was always based around the fact um, about Maslow's hierarchy of needs of basing things on that base structure to make sure you've got those basic human needs. And then obviously elevating yourself throughout the pyramid till you get to the very top. Um, and that's where I came up with things like um, part of our, our culture needs to be, to be about community because it's a community between us and our clients. We're not completely separate. We are one team. We are doing things together. Mm. Um, so that then sort of became part of um, the, the real culture that I was wanting to build. We, we also brought in um, things like collaboration as well, um, because you can collaborate with obviously other uh, businesses that have complementary services um, to make sure that you're able to offer quite a well-rounded um, service offering and things like that. So um, it was quite exciting when when I first started taking on a, a member of staff and having to think, well, what am I going to say to her? <laughs> what 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 is our culture? And so from there, it's gone on to right. Well, I need to make sure that that's sort of woven throughout our website and throughout our social media and things like that. So yeah, that's yeah, been I mean, quite that, a journey. <laughs> that's beautiful because it gives you a basis. I mean, some of these things, I think, with a lot of things, being a business owner, you don't realise all the things you're taking on. It's that general step from you know maybe being a contractor having a job through to a solopreneur it's kind of the same thing because it is you are just created a new job for you just so happens that your whole business is employing you then you start to go into the next territory being a true entrepreneur bringing in people not just doing the job that's where things get as you said gets interesting so having your sort of mission your um the vision for the future whether it's a year three years five years whatever you choose there's different methodologies and, and tactics was it was it freeing? Was it like, oh my gosh, I I can do whatever I want? Or was that too overwhelming? What was it like for you? I think the actual concept, I, I really like sort of the big picture thinking. So the concept of it, I was very excited about. So really happy to think I'm building something here. My Actually, my I set a word for the year at the end of last year and the word was build. <laughs> um, so I'm building something here and I was really excited about that. Um, but then when it comes to the actual practicalities of doing it, that's when it's like, oh, my goodness, what <laughs> What do I need to do next? Mm. There's, I actually need to do everything at the same time. It's not there is no next. <laughs> so so it was a bit like that. Everything is priority number one. Um, mm. so that's when it was a bit like, oh, my goodness, this is this is for real now. <laughs> yeah, you're not just sort of playing around. So no. what, was, what would you say was the, is the biggest um the moment that helped you the most the biggest maybe it's decision with something that you did whether it was a, a, a new perspective you took or a higher what what was it that was like there was a pivotal moment that before then you were kind of struggling what was that so because I've been a consultant for years and years I'm very used to billing a day rate so I've done it for over a decade but when I build it on somebody else's company I didn't care about the money. I just cared about me and the customer and doing a good job. And the money would yeah. just sort itself out. I sent an invoice to somebody else's name, to somebody else's um, accounts paid up, pull department, and eventually somebody got some money in the bank. Whereas when I was sending the invoice out in my name, when I first started as a solopreneur, I was like, oh my goodness, I can't raise this invoice. Like, this is just so scary. I'm billing just for me. And it just felt crazy, even though I'd been doing that for a decade and it was when I actually brought in um, my uh, first full-time employee that it really felt 
like a business again. So like I was used to over the years previously where the money is just the money businesses bill each other. That's how business works. It suddenly became a lot more like, no, this is just a business transaction. I bill you. It's not personal. Oh, so so before then, was was there too much... Like there, there wasn't enough protection for you. There was just, it was raw. It was you. You needed that sort of, to have that sort of business foundation. Yeah, I think so. And I think it was a little bit of it is about um, billing for your own time because I was a solopreneur. So there was nothing else I could say, oh, well, we also built this system for you or we had this amount of mm. IT time to include in the in the invoice and things like that it was just billing for me and my time and my skills um and it was that part of it that made me think well people think I'm charging too much or will people think that I'm worth it and it and that was the thing that really sort of was really strange to me at first and really made me feel really uncomfortable but yeah I think as, as the months have gone on and especially after taking on um a member of staff who I have to pay suddenly yeah. it becomes a lot more um normal to me like it like it was before when it was you know building for for somebody else's business it's so that sort of comfort of you having the sort of foundations having the extra people again sort of building that protection or that layer or whatever it was it's okay now it's not so it's not so raw it's not so obvious is the wrong word but I think I know what you mean It's, it's it's a different way of going so I think playing with somebody else's money is quite easy. We can all play Monopoly and see the paper money and we're not bothered about it, are we? But I think when it's attached to your personal value, then it seems all a little bit scary. Yeah, there you are. It's self-worth. You know, solopreneurs yeah. on you know, when they get to, to pitch or advertise or market or sales calls. Oh, my gosh. It can be so tough to put your, how can I say this? And it's, again, it's just business. It's all just business. But we can get so wrapped up in in our own head with you know, the money scarcity or the value or who am I or all these things. What was your what was your go to? What was what was the challenge that you were able to sort of work through that was a monk in your back for a while? Uh, the money mindset one is absolutely a really interesting one because that's one of the ones that um, I revisit quite often, and um, because it comes up in different ways. Um, Sneaky, right? Yeah, I was only having a conversation with someone about this very recently. And we weren't talking about money. We're talking about something completely different. And um, it was actually on Facebook because my dad commented on uh, my comment on Facebook and reminded me of a phrase from my childhood, which was, I want never gets. And I thought, I'd completely forgotten about this. But anytime I was a child... And I used to say, I want, it could be anything, anything at all. I would get corrected and say, I want, it never gets. Um, and I think things like that really play into your money mindset because then you think, oh, no, you shouldn't want that. No, you shouldn't. No, it's not right. You shouldn't want that. And so you just auto-correct yourself. So the money mindset has been quite an interesting one because um, when you're employed by someone else, you've got really clear goals and you'll have sort of an appraisal or something like that. And you know what you're working towards. When you're a business owner, what's your goal now? For me, that's a revenue target because I want to see my business growing and I want to see us helping more and more people. And then you think, that's money. <laughs> We're talking about money. That's the thing that you were frightened of two years ago. Mm. And now you're saying that you want to have a revenue target. Um, it, and it's that difference of mindset, I think, between um, attributing the money to yeah, personal um, 
wealth or a personal um, dynamic to it and growing a business and suddenly it becomes quite different. Yeah, and these things can all come in together. So I love that you brought that up. I won't never guess. It's a great line. We all yeah. have these things from childhood, from society, from TV shows or films that embed themselves. And oh my gosh, again, it's sneaky and it holds in there. So that I want never gets crumbs. That that probably came from the right place or it came from their protection mechanisms. But in business, we're supposed to say what we want, ask for what we want. Whether you're scientific about this or a little bit woo, the universe will deliver, will bring in. You have to make the declaration. Oh my gosh. So to have these things on our back that we don't know about it until someone points them out. And then it's like, hold on, hold on. Yeah, that's not quite right. That may have been happening back all this time. Yeah. And it's so funny that sometimes like, I had completely forgotten that. But as soon as my dad reminded me of that turn of phrase, I remembered how it used to be used. And it was used to correct me if I said that I wanted something when I was not in a horrible way. Yeah. Uh, but but it was just like a, you know, teaching kids manners almost. Don't go around saying I want it. It's not polite. And then, yeah, mm. suddenly it pops up 20 odd years later and you think, Oh, <laughs> I'm still living out. by that. I'm still controlled by that. All these things. And again, it's it's the subconscious. We're not aware of this. It's It can be so tough. So let's look at those. Let's look at those sort of controllers. Because as the as the solopreneur becoming the CEO that you that you are, there is a different angle. It's, you know, the goals. What's the goals? It's revenue. It's like, it can be. It's also time. It's not just about revenue as a CEO. You need to look at the time. Else, where do you spend your time? Your goal is not to work 20 hours a day. So how can you, what, what do you want to build? And again, I always say, don't follow anyone else's rules. Who cares what they want? Here's what you should do. Forget that. What do you, what do you want? So what, back to the control thing, what's, what's kind of controlling you right now with maybe some scenarios that you, you know what to do? But oh my gosh, there's just some barrier whether you know what the controller is or not. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm definitely in, in that trap. So as I'm trying to scale from, or I'm scaling even from the solopreneur through to being the CEO, and I've started taking on um, members of full-time um, employees, um, actually being able to give them work and me step back and carry on billing yeah. is a, a really strange dynamic. So at the moment, I'm in a bit of a halfway house where I still do everything and the employees around me are kind of doing other things. And then it's like, right, well, now what do I do? Do I now need to get more clients to get more staff? Or do I need more staff to give me back my time? And it's this constant battle of what comes next? Yeah. The staff, the customers, where does my time come from? And, and it's just this constant circle of maybe this way. No, maybe that way. No, maybe this way. <laughs> oh, can you see like a... Is there a yeah, but at every sort of turn, you, you want to bring in more clients or some more, more employees, but you need the revenue, you need the, the, the jobs to better give them, but you want, you want to earn the revenue and get the time, but you need to, is, is there always a, is it like second guessing yourself? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, a good way of describing it actually. So yeah, you look at it and go, well, I want to get another client, but I haven't got the capacity yet to be able to look after that client to the best of our ability so that they have a brilliant experience with us. And then, oh, but I can't take on another member of staff yet because I haven't got enough revenue to pay like another, you know, senior project manager or whatever. 
Um, and it's this constant, yeah, well, I can't do that book and I can't do that either. So now what? So yeah, that's a, that's the constant challenge to try and unpick that one. Yeah, that's that, that's fun and games there because I mean we say it so much on this show. What are butts for? Oh, I don't know what they for. Butts are for pooping. Let's remove these butts. So get the butts out of the way. And every time there's a because, guess what? There's a story coming. Here comes story time. <laughs> so what can we do again with with fun and with laughter? These butts. How do we get these butts out of the way? Change the butt to an and. I know this is logical talk. The human behind the business, like it's not that easy. But when you start to make these steps, so let's re- let's remove a butt and put an and in that way. So okay. what did you say earlier? What let's let's go to what give, give me one example. Uh so uh, an example that would have had a button is um I want to take on more clients, but I'm scared that uh the quality of work wouldn't be as good if it wasn't me doing it. So your biggest challenge is quality? Yes. Okay. So you want to bring on more clients. So you want to bring on more employees. And and that could actually help the quality. And this will bring in the space for you to improve the processes. And what ands could there be? Because it's all make-believe. The but brings in a make, made believe scenario. The yeah. and also does. So with this, it's down to like beliefs. Oh my gosh, we all live by false beliefs. You have yeah. the, the false controlling beliefs that I want never gets. There's a belief that you, you were given. Shame. But we're all given these. If, if we're going to live by a, a limiting belief, false because it, you still feel it. If we're going to live by a limiting belief, it might as well be made up. It might as well serve us, right? This is true, yeah. So how can we change that to be, ooh, to make it actually serve you? I think there's there's some fun and games in there. Yeah, yeah. So to slide the, the, the slider back from hustle and scarcity and fear, ooh, bring it back into play. So what do you want? What's, what's your goal? What do you actually want? So I really want... Um, personally to be able to step back into a CEO role and actually do very little of the day-to-day work because what mm-hmm. I really really want to do uh, is do um, keynote speaking um, I really want to be on stage and I want to travel um, and meet amazing people um, and have a much 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 greater impact doing the thing that I'm better at which is talking <laughs> you might have noticed so, um, so that is speaking, the, that's the picture. travel impact yes those things come together i mean you look at you you lit up when you talk about it it's beautiful yeah so being involved in the day-to-day of your business is that serving uh no it's kind of like the vehicle to uh get me to a place where i then eventually get off (laughs) (laughs) nice and i I get this because i yeah we we joke about this but oh my gosh that cycle is very real what what comes first what comes next and you feel that you can't do this because of that, but you can't do that because of this. And it's sometimes it's, I mean, we were joking offline before we came on. It's like, we're never ready. Yeah, You're never yeah. going to be ready. There's never the right time for anything. Personal, health, professional. Yeah. If we just admit, it's never the right time. Cool. Yeah. What I want. Let's go for it. Is that freeing for you or is that scary as hell? 
Uh, no, I, to me, I think it's exciting. So, so yeah, I think it's a, a positive thing. Oh, I love that. Beautiful. Look, Sarah, thanks so much for, for playing along and for sharing you, not only what you do and how you do it, but behind the scenes as, as you're scaling your business to be that, that CEO. I love that. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Um, and look, if people want to find out more about you and the amazing work that you do, where can they find you? Uh, so the best place to find me is online. So you can either go onto LinkedIn. You can find me at Sarah Green and I am at Pyramid Coaching and Consultancy Limited. Or you could go to our website, which is um, pyramidcc.co.uk. Awesome stuff. Well, everyone, go check that out. And Sarah, thanks again. It's been, it's been so much fun. Yeah, thank you so much, Mark. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.